0: Welcome to the God in the Ordinary podcast, an interview show for believers looking for encouragement in how to reveal God in their everyday. Your host, singer-songwriter Sharon Tedford.
1: This episode is a special one. God in the Ordinary is one year old today. Let's hear from previous guests and be reminded of how we can reveal God in relevant ways. I'm chatting with my co-producer, Gary Dell. So happy birthday to us, Gary. It's really fun to be able to be sitting here with you face to face in the same place Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday. It's amazing to think that since we started God in the Ordinary, we've known each other for years, but we haven't met face to face to do any of this. It's all been over the internet using all the technology. But otherwise, yeah, first time in the studio together doing an episode of God in the Ordinary.
1: It's really fun to be able to be together, and I have to say, we want to give a big shout out to IPDTL, the company who we use. I would highly recommend them if you need a recommendation. There it is. Now you all have heard of Gary's Kennel. We've talked about it before. That it started off as the doghouse, but he raised the bar to call his studio the kennel. So we're actually sitting in the kennel, surrounded by all of the quietening sound things. And when we're at my house, Gary, we have to be careful because they are rebuilding the road outside my house, and we hear lorries and trucks, and the house shakes and there's rumbles it's not like that here is it
0: no it's very quiet it's very rural where we are it's usually noises of nature it's a bit of a gusty day today so there might be a little bit of tree noise and wind noise outside but hopefully it should be quiet enough but if you hear that that's because of where we are
1: yeah, and we always tell where our guests are from. So, Gary, we are sitting here in a village just outside of Weymouth in Dorset, which is my hometown, where I am currently staying because I'm on tour right now. Gary always introduces me as a singer-songwriter because that's what I do in my day job. And I'm here on tour in the south of England right now. i starting here in Weymouth in Dorset. But, Gary, you also live here, but that's not how we know each other. So it's not where you're from, is it?
0: No, we moved here just over six years ago, actually. I don't think at the time that we moved, I realised, having known you probably for...
1: 22 years.
0: I was going to say it's 22 years now, because we were in membership of the same church prior to that, which is kind of how we got to know each other, that this is where you were from. We moved to a small village halfway between Weymouth and Dorchester, and um, lo and behold, 10 minutes down the road, are your parents, who also happen to go to the church, that we go to as well. Just think of the Olympic rings with all those interconnected connections with our previous life in Buckinghamshire west of London where we were before we moved to here
1: yeah I just love how God's worked that out and Gary's part of my 61 things team so he's been helping me with the media interviews that I've been having for my UK tour here so Gary you know what happens next somebody somewhere is going to give us a reflection on Isaiah 61 and I think today it's your turn
0: it's probably about time isn't it really?
1: I really think so come on tell us what you think
0: A core theme in the book of Isaiah tells of how God would rescue his people. The last few chapters detail what will happen, ancient ruins rebuilt, the renewing of cities and of the work required – preaching, proclaiming, providing – by those who will join God in his mission to bring his people out of exile. I've been working in broadcast and non-broadcast media production for more than 25 years now, an industry not renowned for good news. So how can this be relevant to work in the media? Well, I think the words of Isaiah are relevant whatever you do, whether it be in your day job, serving at church, in your community or the people close to you. Broadcast is an old word for scattering seed. You cast it far and wide and good things grow. As preachers hope congregations will grow through the word of God. So John Reith the preacher's son tasked with running a fledgling BBC, proclaimed its mission was to inform, educate and entertain. Reith carefully placed the words in that order, although not the order prioritised nowadays, nearly 100 years after the BBC's inception. So how do the words of Isaiah 61 apply to me and my work? I've just always worked on content that is good news, however you interpret that, or on content requiring truth and fairness by default. We should tell more good news stories, especially those which come out of the bad news stories. How encouraging would that be, even though it might not sell newspapers? Our world is full of people who are broken-hearted, captive or prisoner, but who look to an imperfect media for solace. Hopefully over the years, through the programmes I've worked on, I'll have done a little to bind up, give freedom to or release hurting people. I'm likely never to know that but that doesn't stop me from helping to plant a seed. I was producing televised worship on the weekends of the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, and of the Omer bombing that left 29 people dead. I'm certain God used me on those occasions to ensure the last-minute alterations we had to make gave his comfort to and provided appropriate content for viewers who were mourning and grieving. And hopefully there's been many other programmes, non-broadcast video and event coverage that I've worked on which will have encouraged people to see through the ashes, mourning and despair to the truth of the crown of beauty, oil of gladness and garment of praise that God longs for them to wear. A Latin inscription in the BBC's old broadcasting house concludes with these words that the people, inclining their ear to whatsoever things are lovely and honest, whatsoever things are of good report, may tread the path of virtue and wisdom. There are many oaks of righteousness working in our media right now. I hope I'm one of them. Do pray for us to reveal God's splendour when we're able to. I've been privileged to help transmit celebrations of the new millennium across the world to ensure the reporting of many election results are fair and just. But I've always felt most fulfilled when playing my part to bring preaching into people's homes through broadcast worship helping to proclaim Jesus to people through Billy Graham Live Links and now providing ideas to God's people through this podcast. God in the Ordinary's mission is to encourage believers by telling the stories of people and organisations who reveal God in their everyday so that others are inspired to join God in his mission wherever they are. We hope we've done that and ask for your prayers to help us continue to do that for another year.
1: It's really good for us to be able to hear more about your story, Gary. Thank you for sharing that. It was really helpful. I love Isaiah 61, and it's so fun to hear how it's different for everybody, how God speaks. As we've already said, this is our extra special one-year birthday episode, and we have decided to give you snippets from all of our 25 episodes, although I'm not sure that we use every single one. There's a lot of people. It was a lot of talk and a lot of brilliant thoughts and ideas, and so we've brought to you as many as we could without leaving you with an episode that's seven hours long, because that could have happened. So we're still keeping it around our usual time, and we have decided to start by talking about an overriding theme that happened through pretty much every episode, tell us where we chose to start and who was our first repeat guest. Well,
0: we're going to start fairly close to the beginning. Episode four in series one was with Matt Robertson, who works with AIM, Agape International Missions, and he shared with us the importance of Agape love.
2: Yeah, so I work with an organization called AIM, or Agape International Missions is the full title. Agape being the unconditional love of God. That uh, we want to demonstrate to anyone, regardless of their their background, regardless of their religion, regardless of their history, really.
1: Agape love, unconditional love—that is something that we can all demonstrate, and it's actually a theme that you'll hear throughout all of our podcast episodes. That we should share love with all people regardless of their background, religion or history, we should all share that kind of unconditional love that we can only find in Jesus. And that's why we do what we do, because we know the unconditional love of Jesus. We want to share it with other people. So who comes next, Gary? Who are we going to take as our next guest?
0: So our next clip is from Becca Spradlin of On Mission. Becca was our guest back in July of 2020. And she told us about an opportunity that a book gave her.
3: And I'm at a bus stop where I'm not normally there. And so I just kind of pull out my book and I start reading it. And a gentleman kind of comes into the bus stop and he turns to me. And not only does he break the science, but he says, Oh, are you a Christian? So his first sentence to me is, Are you a Christian? And I'm stunned because he's breaking the silence. And also he asks such a very bold question. And I said, I am. And then my next thought was, are you a Christian? He's like, no, but I used to be. I'd been praying through the scripture about opportunities and how uh, in the New Testament, it's like pray for opportunities and wait with expectation. And then the Lord has an event like this. And then we proceed to get on the bus together and continue conversing and You never know how God wants you to be a touch point in somebody's story. And we absolutely see how in that person's story, God wanted us, you know, our paths to intersect and they absolutely did. So it's just being available to not miss those chances, to not say, oh, I am a Christian and cut the conversation off and miss out on months of a relationship with someone
1: That is one of my favorite stories because it was so simple. She was literally reading a book at a bus stop. And actually, we can all do that, read a book at a bus stop. She didn't try and cover up the word God on the outside of it. It was clearly a Christian book. It's really exciting to me to see how God uses her book. And then the second step, which was using her willingness to talk. That's something that gave me a lesson there. I need to remember that God will use whatever I give him. And if that is having a discussion with someone at a bus stop, you never know how he's going to use it. And now that person that Becca talked to is actually now a believer because of months of relationship that followed, all starting from a question about a book. Is there anything more ordinary? Who's next? Gary, who's next?
0: One of the common themes in all the editions of the podcast, which has come up time and again, is about community and about how you reach your community, how you work into your community to reveal God to them. And so we have two clips now, one from our very first edition, Stephen Gork-Roger of Clarion Trust. And the other clip is from Owen Green, who's the minister at the Stowe Church, which is a church in a brand new development, almost a brand new village that's being built on the outskirts of Swindon, which is in
4: the west of the UK, near to Bristol. So what the church needs to be doing is not saying what can't we do, but what can we do? And trying to think of every possible way to create community because people are desperate for a relationship which is of course at the heart of the christian faith a relationship with jesus uh, and a relationship with others coming to
0: these major seasons of the year it's really important at the stove that we engage with god and ask god what are you saying to this community this season we're not meeting up to say church what event should we do this year what's going to be entertaining or engaging We're not even asking, what is God saying to the church? But we gather together to ask God, what is your word to this community at this season? And the more we've dug into asking God, what's your word, and doing it at the highlights of the year, like Easter and Christmas particularly, the more we found, actually, that's the key thing that we're engaged with every Sunday. So what can we learn from that? What can we learn
1: from those two men? The word community It's actually something that people have realised through COVID community is really important to us it's definitely a biblical theme too that community together we stand together and you know Steve reminded us that relationships with Jesus and with others are so important what can we do you know what can we do to engage our next door neighbours literally what can we do to engage people who we work with what can we do with other mums and dads at the school gates we need to think about that question and Owen helping us to remember that we should actually ask God what he's doing in the community already and join him him in what he's doing. It doesn't matter whether it's the Christmas season or the Easter season or at any time. What is God doing in our local community? If we ask him, he's going to show us and we can join in. Gary, tell us about our next guest, please.
0: This next clip comes from Cliff Johnson, a retired US naval officer who was a guest back in our first series in December of 2020. Cliff told us how he demonstrates love.
5: Well, right now, uh, what I do is seek out opportunities to demonstrate love. I was talking to a pastor about some of the issues going on this, this summer. And um, he said, we as human beings, we tend to prepare for when moments of fear or moments of hate you know, may be inflicted upon us. So we prepare for that. But he said, as Christians, we should also prepare for the opposite with an even greater fervor in that mentally, spiritually, physically, with resources, prepare to inflict acts of love on people that come in your life. And so literally that's what I do. Uh, that's, that's my day to day, whether I'm loving my family, serving the church community, um, I'm leaving a youth group. Sometimes I'll go out and I'll just buy somebody a breakfast out of nowhere to reflect Christ and hopefully and maybe even a surprising way to some. And that's what my day to day is about.
1: That's very poignant for right now, demonstrating love in all circumstances, even when the circumstances are difficult. Cliff reminded me of that through the way that he has reached out by buying a coffee or bringing breakfast. What a great thing to do. I'm going to have to think about how I love and demonstrate love to my neighbours much better. Who are we going to hear from next, Gary?
0: Well, next is Jen Garabay, who serves with the London City Mission right here in the UK. Although Jen is actually from New York. She came across to the UK some years ago and now serves in a centre for people who are homeless or marginalised near Waterloo. And Jen had some good things to say about how we can engage with people.
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of it really comes down to having the confidence to say hello very often uh, homeless people, particularly what we hear in London, is that they really feel like they're overlooked. They feel like they're not seen. And so doing those
2: things like making eye contact, saying hello, offering a hand of friendship when we're allowed to shake hands with people is so important.
1: Jen's very simple idea of saying hello to people while looking them in the eye is surely a very important lesson for us to learn. It's certainly something that we teach our children, to look someone in the eye when they're talking to them. So we need to do that more, especially through this time of COVID where your face might be covered up with a mask. You can still give eye contact to people. That helps people to know that they are not unseen. They are not overlooked. It's a good thing to think about. Who can I welcome day to day? They certainly don't have to be people who are homeless. I mean, they might be people who are homeless, but they could be anybody that you bump into today. Who can you make eye contact with and just say a friendly hello? Our next guest was a bit of a cheeky one because although her accent tells us that she's from Ireland, she's really living in England. Tell us about her, Gary.
0: Well Hazel Hare was our guest for our first edition for 2021. She comes from Ireland but actually lives in the west of England near a town called Taunton. Hazel worked for a long time as a physiotherapist or physical therapist as you would say in the States. Since she retired from that has been serving the Lord in all sorts of different ways but part of her story was how God used her through some failure and how she felt a failure because of things that had happened at that time
6: in her life but three months later it kind of seemed to take its toll and uh, I became quite ill and I was off work for seven months and then by the time 96 came I had a a car accident which led to medical retirement I felt such a failure my children had left home I had lost the job I loved I'd lost my health my marriage could have been better (laughs) Uh, I learned to listen to God in the crisis and he usually just had one word to say to me and that was the name of a character in the bible so reliving the lives of those characters god really spoke to me during my period of uh, rehabilitation and yeah it was a real learning curve but through writing walking reading kind friends and listening to god really you know he, he really brought me through quite miraculously or wonderfully certainly Part of my rehabilitation was walking the lovely coastal paths here in southwest England. I read an advert in a magazine, and it said, Walk the Great Wall of China for the Children's Society. Of course, children I loved, I'd worked with for so many years. And I thought, hmm, that seems a, a good idea. Because I'd been writing, I had been, as it were, paraphrasing the Psalms as if God was speaking to me and sort of made them into a little book and a friend kindly illustrated them for me and other um, well, kind friends actually bought them. So I was able to raise my sponsorship <laughs> that way and uh, I went and walked for 65 miles, 100 kilometres, along the uh, Great Wall of China with a group. It turned out that uh, with the blessing of my family and church, this was the first of, of seven trips to China. And uh, I, I remembered a call on my life when I was 15. Again, I was ill and someone gave me a book by Isabel Kuhn, who was a missionary in China. And uh, it occurred to me that it was exactly 40 years later. And um, because I was now retired, of course, I could stay longer in China than if I went with a team and I would stay for a fortnight. So I ended up staying up to three months each time and uh, i was able to do that um, uh, seven times and over the next 14 years
1: i think it would be true to say that we have all failed at some point we feel like a failure and it's so lovely to hear hazel's story that how she patiently waited for god to use her even in her pain and god is so faithful that he really did use her he uses everything for his glory when we allow him to And that's part of Hazel's story is that she allowed God to use what had been a felt failure for her through sickness and career stop. We're going to have another guest who I know pretty well now. Who's that?
0: Uh, Well, that'll be your dad, Terry Thomas, our guest, not that long ago, actually. And Terry had some very wise words to say about what sort of friends we should have.
6: Some friends of ours were sitting down and having dinner just this week. And um, they said we haven't got any non-Christian friends. (laughs) And I I thought, well, we have a whole stack of non-Christian friends, a whole stack of non-Christian friends, and I wouldn't want it otherwise. And so if it's a hobby that reconnects you or enables you to connect with others, then continue the hobby. That's what God wants you to do. That's where he wants you to be. Um, But be Jesus to them and, and pursue your hobby in a way which is different from all the others.
1: Now, I know it's really rude to have favourites, but that might be my favourite episode, (laughs) chatting to my dad. Actually, I've loved them all, but that was particularly lovely to be able to talk to him. It was fun to hear how he has used hobbies throughout his life to make friends and then to stay friends with people, even when things changed between them and him and my mum, because they became believers and their friends didn't, but they stayed friends. It's really wise to do that. Jesus would have done that. Jesus would have had hobbies and hung out with people who were different from him. So if your hobby is cooking, invite people to eat with you or eat at your table. Have friends who don't believe the same as you, but just find ways to hang out with them so that you can do ordinary, everyday life things together. And now we're going to have two guests who do something that is really foreign to me. What's that, Gary? It's
0: really foreign to me too, actually. (laughs) Uh, We're going to the gym. Dennis Peathers from The Rooftop, our most recent guest, talked about a mindset that he has when he goes to his local gym. And Matt Robertson from AIM, who we heard from a little bit earlier, who also does something very intentional at the gym.
2: For me, what that means, as well as traveling the world and doing what I do, my local mission field is my gym. And each time I walk through the door of my gym in Essex, where I live in England, I just pray a simple prayer, Lord, just help me to see what you're up to today and make me willing and ready to just join in with whatever I see. And every time I go to that gym, I find myself talking with the guys there. None of them have been to church in their lives know pretty much nothing about God. But we talk about Jesus and we talk about life and we talk about the issues that they're going through. And I really do believe that Jesus is making disciples in that gym. I always ask God for divine appointments, for opportunities to share the good news, to share the gospel. Sometimes it's simply just a smile. That might, in this day and age, mean temporarily pulling our mask down, to share a smile with someone, to share a kind word,
1: Well, that's really simple, isn't it? Smile, share a kind word. That's where Jesus is making disciples. That's how we can be Jesus in our ordinary, everyday lives, by behaving in a way that Jesus would have done. Jesus is making disciples in those gyms. It's clear from what Dennis and Matt said that Jesus is really present there. But where do you go in your everyday? For me, it's it's not the gym. Where do I go every day? Where do I go where I can remember to make Jesus seen and heard? Depends on who I'm smiling at, who I'm making eye contact, as we've already talked about. It's very simple things like that that make people question you and ask, why are you being so nice to me? That's how we can invite people in to meet Jesus as the answer. Our next guest is Tina. Tell us about Tina.
0: Tina Smith is the founder of a ministry called Raising Kids on Your Knees. And during Tina's edition, she told us about how she reveals God in her everyday to her husband.
7: You know, I think so many times it's easy for me to focus on him and what's going on with him when what I need to do is focus on Christ. And as I focus on Jesus and I walk my life out, with him before my husband and share that with him. It gives him the opportunity to see how God's working in my life, in our life, in our children's lives, in our lives as a family. So it's just the ordinary, everyday things that you do that show your husband who Jesus
1: is. That's so important that what we need to do is live out our faith in front of the people that we live with. Maybe a spouse or a family, it might be housemates or lodgers or flatmates or whatever it is that you call it in your country. We need to live out our faith in front of them. Being the missionary in our own families, in our own homes is really important. Thank you, Tina. Our next guest is a fellow podcaster. Who's that, Gary?
0: Yes, Meg Gleesner is a podcaster. She hosts a podcast called Letters from Home. And she talked about the fact that we have, whether you know it or not, a sphere of influence. And she told us about hers.
2: You know, I think God has given us each a sphere of influence, right? I mean, for me right now in Seattle, we're on lockdown. So it is pretty much from my home. And so sometimes serving God in the everyday starts right in our home. started having devotions with the kids in the morning, a nice, unhurried reading time where we're sitting in the living room, everyone's getting a quiet time together, taking the extra time with my husband to make him a lunch and those kind of things. So seeing the needs around us. So for me, one area is home, one area is church, you know even in our neighborhood there's a, a home across the street from us where they have patients so we have the blessing fund and we decided to kind of adopt this house across the street it's a cerebral palsy home and so the other day i called and I had this crazy opportunity, Sharon, I got to FaceTime with each of the patients there, and it turns out that they're all four women. So I actually have on my dresser here a gift bag for each one. I got to visit with each one and ask, is there something that they would like? And I just felt like God gave me this little beautiful moment and idea that was just spurred in our family.
1: So I guess the first question that comes out of Meg's thought is we need to know what our sphere of influence is, because actually maybe you have more than one sphere of influence. Is it home, church? Is it the office? Is it the school? Is it literally across the road as Meg's was with the home that she helped out in? I loved her idea as well about having a blessing fund envelope. That is something that we can all do. Just stick it up on the fridge. It doesn't matter who you live with, adults or children. We can all put a little bit in the blessing fund envelope and see what happens at the end of the year. What a great way to influence your surrounding community for Jesus. Next, we have two guests squashed up in one.
0: We do, and these are two guests from our Christmas edition. Candy Evans lives in the West Midlands in the UK. Lorraine Dobbins is the vicar of Christ Church in Warminster, a big Anglican church in that town which is in the west of England. Candy and Lorraine told us about the Christmas projects that their churches have been involved in, but in order to make those projects work, they had to enlist the help of others from outside of the church
4: gave us some good opportunities to get out into the community. We had a couple of ladies who were particularly enthusiastic about the knitting and they went out and met groups that had nothing whatsoever to do with church. Encouraged the people in them to be knitting, whether they were the Women's Institute or just groups that were meeting in the local bookshop. And they encouraged people to knit the angels and just gave us some opportunities to chat about what Christmas meant to us.
8: Because of COVID-19, we're having to do some very different things to reveal God this Christmas. So we've got some exciting projects, the main one being a Jesus Rocks project, which involves stones painted to look like Jesus in swaddling clothes, which will be left in various locations in and around the town wanted to think big. So at the moment we're aiming for a thousand. I put some pictures on Facebook on my own personal feed and it was really encouraging that a local action group saw them And thought they were such fun and quickly offered to distribute the rocks which is wonderful it's really important that the rocks are distributed all over the town and and not just around Christchurch that was so encouraging because i'm quite new to the area and it's meant that we've been able to build up relationships and meet new people that also love the community
1: but aren't connected with the church so let's all think about involving others God surely calls us to do things. That's true. But how can we involve others in the ministry and the work that we are doing? It's a really good thing to think about. We don't just have to surround ourselves with Christians all the time. In fact, we shouldn't. Who's next then, Gary?
0: So our next clip is from Fiona Thomas, who was our guest in our third edition back in 2020. And she told us about opportunities she'd had to talk about Jesus in the course of her job.
9: I do manicures and pedicures. I go to people's homes and do that, and I'm just holding someone's hand for forty-five minutes, making their nails look pretty, and um, and their mouths open. They tell you it's like going to the hairdressers, and. Um, I held her hand for about five years all in all and she was just the most adorable lady. She told me all sorts of stories about being in the Blitz but then also shared that when it was firework night that would absolutely bring back terrible memories of being bombed. So she, she was just lovely but she she really found it hard. She had a real hardness in her about her mum and couldn't get over it and I said to her you know I I know exactly how you feel because I'm really angry at at somebody who has died and I I can't say this is what you did to me this is how I was hurt by you but God really freed me up from that because he took that bitterness away from me and I said to her I said you know that's the only way that you're going to be free from this is if we pray and you ask God to take it and she's like oh well how do I do that and I said well let's just pray. Now throughout some of the times we We'd had some God conversations and just the odd sharing Jesus with her or the Bible or some verses. I said, this, "We need to pray about this. You need to, you know, you need to ask God to help to bring release from the bitterness that you have towards your mum because it's the only thing that you can do." She said, "I'm going to do it." So she did. Um, she she didn't do it with me, but the next time I went in, she said, "Do you know what?" She said, "I feel amazing." She said, "I feel I I don't hate her anymore," and I was like, "That's it. That's that's exactly it." She just carried on. She she gave her life to Jesus in the end.
1: Of course, praying in a business setting can be very different depending on what your job is. But Fiona clearly showed us here that she was not afraid to use an opportunity to use her job as Jesus asked her to. She didn't just go to work and say, I'm at work. I don't talk about Jesus here. No, she allowed Jesus to lead her. She asked God what to do and God showed her. And that's a question that I should be asking God all day too. How can you use me in this situation? Offering to pray for people is a great way to do that. Let's hear from a guest that we've already heard from today, who's that?
0: Steve Gort Roger, in Steve's edition, he told us about how we can make use of all sorts of opportunities for the kingdom of God.
4: And the mindset and the looking for God thing is crucial, not in some sort of super spiritual, intense sort of way in which you're you're always mm. imagining that the next person you speak to will say, how can you tell me more about Jesus, as if that's going to happen every time you go into the supermarket. Um, I think the most important thing is is to be saying this is, I'm here as God's uh, evidence of his presence in the ruination of the planet. So I've got to be building it brick by brick, even if my Little bits are just very small and insignificant. I'm going to leave that supermarket checkout girl with a good taste in her mouth because everybody's been rude to her today, but I'm not going to be. And so see kingdom activity in its broadest possible terms and look for it everywhere.
1: So in a nutshell, we need to see kingdom activity everywhere. And the way that we do that is to have a mindset that seeks God's hand throughout all of our days. The clearest way for us to be able to do that is to start the day by praying and ask God that simple question. Could you please show me where your kingdom activity is today? Because I want to join in with that. So take us back to Fiona again, Gary, because I think she's got more to share with us.
0: Yes, Fiona also had some very interesting things to say about being a missionary and where to be a missionary.
9: I totally believe I am, but I never thought that I would be a missionary in Chavon St. Peter. I thought that I had to be in Africa because that's where my parents were missionaries. I thought if I was in an orphanage uh, looking after children, um, that is that was where I would find my purpose. That is where I would be fulfilled. But actually where I'm at doing what I'm doing is where God wants me to be. And I never, ever thought that that would ever happen and you know it's not hard I'm not saying it's not hard all the time because some sometimes it is but in the things that I've talked about today they have not been hard to do getting alongside somebody and giving them a bible verse every now and then or just sitting and listening all these things are not hard to do for me it's just a case of listening and then also hearing what God says through you to them he hasn't asked me to do anything that I can't do it's not out of the realms of my capabilities. He just empowers me. Now, the first time that you're, you're kind of stepping out and saying, oh, I'm going to share this Bible verse. It's going to be a bit scary, or I'm going to offer to pray for them, or oh, I don't know what they're going to say. The first time you do that, it really is quite hard. And you think, oh, what, they might just laugh at me, or I don't know. But more often than not, people go, you, you
1: care that much? Thank you, Fiona. That's so true. We say that here, don't we, Gary, all the time. Everyone is the missionary. We are all the missionaries. So missionaries are everywhere. If you love Jesus, you follow Jesus, you are a missionary. We have purpose and fulfillment when we obey God's calling on our lives. And that is when we are being missionaries. God never asks us to do things that we can't do. He only asks us to follow him and obey him. And as we walk out our obedience, the Holy Spirit uses our willing availability. Who's our next clip from, Gary?
0: So this next clip is from Cliff Johnson again, who was a US naval helicopter pilot. But even within that job, he was still able to reveal God in the ordinariness of that unique role.
5: Well, well that's, that's just it. You, you said the word. It was just in my everyday, ordinary interactions. Any person I interacted with knew that I was going to treat them with respect and fairness because of who I am. They knew they were they could join me in in Bible study. They they would see how I would alter my flight schedule if I was on going to praise team practice or they always, you know, if someone wanted to pray about something. um, I was just once again, I say it, put it in quotations mark, but a safe place to come. So just indicators in my day to day life to my fellow shipmates that Jesus was the center of my life. Now, certainly I wasn't perfect. But even in those moments, I did the best I could to reflect Christ and how I handled those situations. If I needed to go back and apologize, if I needed to gain more understanding, um, those situations, I always try to, uh, to point how I handle things to Christ.
1: Cliff clearly demonstrated to us that even in the strict routine of the Navy, showing respect and fairness identified him as a Jesus follower. So if he can do it in that organization, we should be able to do it in our everyday lives too. Our next guest was somebody who I met because i had been buying their product Who's that, Gary?
0: Back in May 2020, our guest was Natalie Abbott, who, with her sister Vera, runs a ministry called Dwell Differently, which provides scripture designs to help us memorise one Bible verse every month. And Natalie told us about how we should grasp opportunities.
3: It seems like not a big deal. It seems like a very ordinary thing. But when we are on fire for Jesus and we are given opportunities just like to hang out and have coffee with a friend or go on a walk or talk to the supermarket lady or whatever it is, if we're praying for opportunities to be able to speak Jesus's name and to tell his story to people, God is just going to open up the floodgates and we're going to be shocked at how many times we get to share our faith with people all the time.
1: Thank you, Natalie. Not only do we need to remember to grasp the opportunities, I think that's important. What Natalie just said to us, that we need to ask God to show us the opportunities and to give us the strength to take those opportunities. I don't know about you, Gary, but sometimes I see the opportunity, but I don't always take it. And I would say that I actually have had opportunities to talk about Jesus through using those temporary tattoos from Dwell Differently because people ask you about them. And it's been a really great way to talk about Jesus. What are we going to talk about now, Gary?
0: Prayer cropped up again and again in all of the editions that we've done so far, and not surprising, prayer should undergird everything we do. So let's hear from Tina Smith and Helen Rayner.
7: I was intentional about making sure that God was center of my life. I made sure we prayed at dinner time. Those are just simple little things that maybe you don't think are important, but they're really important. Or prayed with my kids and made sure that i just made that a focus an intentional focus of what we did every day i'm now going to be doing a lot more brand photography which means i'm working with small businesses and entrepreneurs and i'm so excited about it because normally um, i've been working with families and schools and absolutely loved it but this now opens up a whole new part of the world to me to actually tap into businesses and It means I can get alongside other business owners and actually pray God's favour onto their business you know and that actually is really exciting because people don't go into business just because they want to have fun they're going into business because they really want to make money or really need to make money in a lot of cases and actually to be able to get alongside them and help them and build their confidence and help them to stand out amongst their competitors it feels like a real privilege to be able to do that
1: I think even beyond those snippets that we've just shared, we've actually talked about prayer through every other snippet that we've talked about today, anyway. Prayer is fundamental to everything we do. Garrett, we pray before we start. We pray with every guest before we go live. We pray together. It should be a fundamental foundation for everything that we do. And if it's something that you haven't started doing yet, today could be the day that you start. Keith King was our next guest. Can you tell us about Keith?
0: Yes, Keith, somebody we both know of old, was a pastor at the church that we were at previously, now runs the Langley Institute of Ministry. Too much to tell you about what LIM does. When we spoke to Keith back in June of 2020, he told us a story of how somebody reminded him that he was qualified to do a job but didn't realise it.
10: By now we had 18 pastors wanted to train with us, so I decided to write a core curriculum A great friend of mine is Stephen Cork, Roger. And uh, I said to Lynn, I said, I'm gonna ring Steve because he will always have good sense, common sense. So I I rang him up and he said, Keith, why don't you start a Bible college? You're qualified enough, you're stupid enough, come on. And so Langley Institute of Ministry was born. I wrote a core curriculum of 10 modules. I sent it back to this person in Pakistan. He put it to the Pakistan government, the Ministry of Religion, and they agreed it would qualify him to lead our organisation. That was the beginning of Langley Institute of Ministry. It's incredible, isn't it?
1: So, Gary, one of the things I really love about Keith's story is that he thought that he wasn't qualified to do this. But actually, he was. And I love that God uses the qualifications that we already have. They might be tucked away in your long distant past, but he can use those things. We don't necessarily always have to retrain to do things. Sometimes we do, of course. But often God uses what we already have tucked away in our qualification belt, for want of a better word. If we allow him to use it, guess what? He will. Our next guest is going to share with us about
0: relationship Daniel Yang who's director of the Send Institute in Illinois was one of our guests in 2021 and Daniel reminded us that God created in us a need for each other
11: that relational aspect of connection and the need for humanity to to know each other like that's that's all over the place you know it's my neighbor next door who is not married to his partner yet but they're trying to create a life together. And there's something about, even though I feel like their lifestyle is outside of what the biblical design is for relationships, there's also something there about their desire to live a life together, even though they're not married, that I want to um, call out. And so finding those ways to connect, not just with Christians, but with non-Christians, based on the image of God embedded in us, because God himself is a relational person, I think that's the foundation for what we understand as mission, ministry, church.
1: Yes, Daniel, relationship is God's design. What a great design. We need each other. Making friends with others is really a missional activity. So if you have friends, guess what? You are on mission, being a missionary, talking about Jesus, living Jesus out in front of your friends that's a win. Next up, we have Kevin Horace.
0: And coincidentally, Kevin is also in Illinois. He ministers as a pastor and is also an author. And he taught us a very fundamental lesson in his edition about the value of story.
11: Story is important. I mean, if we look at everything around us from uh, the media and entertainment, everything is telling a story everybody's got a story. And it reminds me of the old hymn. This is my story. This is my song. I could tell stories of Billy Graham or other great ministries in the world. And while compelling, it's not my story. I'm not a witness to that. So what I love to encourage people to do is find what's your story because it's yours and you know it and it's your story. No one's going to talk you out of it because it's yours. And so finding these stories and how then it applies, to our life and then what's our story and how do we share that gospel message with the world around us makes all the difference. It's an ownership almost and it enables us to really communicate with the people around us instead of just regurgitating. Again, what someone else has said, this is what happened to me. What was it the blind man said? He didn't know about Jesus and and why he healed us on the Sabbath day. He said, there's one thing I do know. I was blind but now I see. And so that was his story. And so we got to look and see what's our story. What can I share?
1: No matter who you are, we all have a story to tell. We all have a story and God can use that in us and through us. As you're listening to us today, what is your story? How can you share God through that story? It's literally something that no one can take away from you. So if you've never thought about how you can share your story or how God could use your story, perhaps today is the day that you can ask the Lord, how can you use my story, God? And maybe you want to talk about that with somebody. So give a friend a call, talk about your story and ask them where they see God in your story. Next, we're going to hear a very interesting point about truth from Karen Whiting.
0: Yes, Karen was one of our guests in early 2021. She told us a very interesting story about the truth of maths.
1: Being a mathematician, it's much easier to hold on to absolute truth and God's truth than to think everything is relative. That does make a difference there because one plus one is always going to equal two. So the bottom line was something I would look at, and I even in reading scriptures, I'd look at the bottom line of what God is really saying to me. And numbers, of course, in the Bible popped out at me all the time. (laughs) And you know, where he would talk, count the cost and talk about finances and everything. It's funny because I really struggle with maths because the answer can be very right or completely wrong because it is one single line of truth. And that is a really great reminder that God can use your gift, even if your gift is in maths. She met God through maths. She could see God in maths. So what's your love? If your love is in watercolour, where do you see God in that? If your love is sailing, where do you see God in that? Allow God to speak to you through those things that you love because he's present in maths and he's present in everything. Our next guest has a very unusual blend of jobs,
0: She does indeed. Nikki Hainar is a Christian comedian and a massage therapist. When Nikki was our guest, she told us how she used comedy to unite people.
3: How I've seen God revealed in humour Yes, he was the man of sorrows, but he also had great joy and he tells us to have joy and humor breaks down barriers and unifies people because when an audience starts laughing, it really just takes one good laughter to get it rolling. It crescendos from there. So it's a unifying thing as well. So if I can break down some barriers and unify people about Christianity and about Jesus, that'd be amazing, you know? And so, yeah, I absolutely love that. That would be a goal of mine.
1: Nikki, thank you. Break down barriers and unify. That is something that we all need to do. That is what Jesus did, isn't it? He broke down barriers and he unified. And the way that we live should reflect that as well. We should be able to be breaking down barriers and unifying people around us through the way that we love them, through the way that we reveal God to them in our ordinary everyday life. Gary, our next guest is from one of our earliest episodes.
0: Yes, business coach and marriage mentor Deb De Armand was our second guest. And through telling us about her work as a business coach, she gave some really good ideas about how we can learn to speak out.
2: Helping people find their voice is a tricky issue. Some people have way more voice than is beneficial to them because they're not using it well. And others have become uncomfortable speaking the truth. Uh, As a business coach, Sharon, I'm often retained to help an employee perform at higher levels. And that could be things like communicating more effectively. So certainly, the willingness to speak up, share what you know, ask questions to inform yourself of the things you don't know, and to interact with people in a positive way in the workplace are very important. I
1: think it's important to say at this point, you don't always have to use your voice to be able to reveal God to others. But actually, sometimes we do have to use our voice. You know, there are those of us who don't like to talk. Clearly, that's not me. But there are people listening who struggle to use their voice. And it's really important that if God's inviting us to speak up, that we should do that. We should speak the truth and communicate well in love and in kindness, that we should interact with others so that they can meet Jesus through the things that we say and the way that we behave. We have a couple more clips left to go, Gary. As we come towards the end, who's our next guest?
0: Back in February of this year, our guest was Daniel Castle, who has always had a passion for creation and for the world. And Daniel told us how he reveals God through caring for the world that God has given us.
10: It's a world that he's created. It's a world that he rejoices over. It's an incredible creation. The more I watch nature programmes the more I'm astounded at the complexity, the beauty and the incredible interaction that I see between all parts of creation. And, um, and I think that it's something we can't just ignore and we can't just allow it to be trashed. God in Genesis 1 verse 28 said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every little thing that moves on the earth. Have dominion is to look after something. And I think God's given us the task of looking after the world um, because his people live in it. And it's important to look after the thing that you depend on um, for your life. So I would see it as An integral part of my faith, of of being a Christian, is looking after or doing my best to look after the world that God has given me.
1: It's helpful to hear other people's perspectives and how Daniel's revealing God through something that actually is pretty trendy in the world. But it's God's world that we're looking after and I love that he's reminding us of that, that we need to be thinking about recycling and reusing because it is God's resources and we should be good stewards of that. So today, I'm going to think again about how I can reveal God through the way that I take care of what he's given us. Even if I'm doing something different from what my neighbors do, I need to listen to what God's inviting me to do and follow through. Well, here we are, Gary. We've come to our very last clip. And this guest is somebody who we really enjoyed having because his ministry sits very comfortably alongside ours. Who are we going to hear from now?
0: Our last clip comes from Mark Green, who for many years has been involved with the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Mark reminded us that we should be living outside the sacred, secular divide. And here's what he said.
6: And within that new creation, the spirit comes to live. And the spirit doesn't sort of only live in us, if you like, when we're in church or when we're in a home group or a cell group or something like that, or when we're in the church hall or when we're focused on singing to the Lord or praying to the Lord. The Spirit is always in us. So the Spirit doesn't get to the supermarket door or to the office door or to the school gate and go, see you tomorrow at communion or see you in the house group tonight or something like that. He's always in us. And so we don't live a compartmentalized life. We have the opportunity to walk with Jesus, all of the time and to grow in consciousness of that and to look for him working in our lives and working in those around us all of the time.
1: I think that's a really great place for us to leave it, to be reminded that the Holy Spirit lives in us at all all times, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. As we've already said today, we're always the missionary and we can only be effective missionaries because the Holy Spirit lives in us. He wants us to join him in kingdom building. And that's going to look vastly different between us from your work, Gary, and my work. It's going to be different. All we need to do is respond to the invitation that God gives us. He does exist in you and he does exist in me. We need to do what he calls us to do ask god what that's meant to look like for you if you're listening today and you're not sure ask him what does that look like for me because god is calling each one of us to be involved and every one of us to reveal god in the ordinary you've been listening to the award-winning god in the ordinary with me sharon tedford gary dell and many previous guests We're so grateful to you for listening and being part of this great adventure.
0: For our show notes, go to 61-things.com. This podcast is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production, and we pray that you're encouraged to reveal God in your everyday.